On this episode of Resi Week, we talk with Hagai from Access Networks about how exactly to network your home. Also talking about IoT, IOE, and everything network. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, Episode 8, recorded Monday, March 21st, 2016. Home Networking. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Draper. This is Resi Week, the weekly look at the residential market for the AV industry. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. Uh, with us, uh, I, I'm very pleased to welcome uh, Mr. Hagai from Access Networks. How are you, sir? Hi, I'm well, Tim. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Um, so here's what I wanted to do. And, and, and Hagai, if you're not familiar with, with Access Networks, um, it, it's a, an infrastructure and, and, and networking company primarily uh, in, in the residential space. Uh, we spoke to Hagai actually uh, during our networking um, special at ISC. My first time, I think, actually meeting him in person. Board member for Cedia. Really great. Just a, just a nice guy in general. Um, but I wanted to take take a time and, and you know this is this is our first you know two months. This is episode eight, so we've been doing this this specific show for for two months. And and I wanted to take some time and maybe step back and say, okay. There are a lot of folks in, in residential that they put in great systems, right? There, there's fancy uh, displays, there's fancy projectors and, and screens, um, control systems. You can do everything. Our our our, our buddy, uh, a good friend of mine, Rich uh, Fergoza, has even controlled waterfalls at somebody's house before, right? Great stuff, cool stuff. Ninety percent of that is running on some sort of network. So that's what a guy is for. Um, so Hagai, real quickly, and, and we're going to take this through, through different steps. And we're also going to talk a little bit about IOT and IOE, but first and foremost, if you are someone who is, has not gotten into networking, let's say that you've subbed it out before, right? Or you're working with a general contractor and, and the network is all, all networking is already being done by another sub. How would you go about even getting into this side of, of the business? That's a good question. So I think there are multiple ways that an integrator could get into the IT business. One of these paths is through Cedia. So you could educate yourself and you can take online courses. You can go to boot camps um, and gain a, a basic understanding and then later on a more advanced understanding of networking. What we found, so and this is where how my company was founded, is that there is a real knowledge gap between where integrators should be as far as their networking knowledge and and where they are today and there that that gap that gap is being bridged and you see more and more integration companies seek out uh, education or hire uh, it guys into their team the challenge that we've seen with it people coming into our industry is not necessarily understanding what it takes to deliver a residential project and how to work with third-party vendors and essentially become the resource for the project. The 
most of the time, the IT people that we've met on projects where they came from the homeowner's business or they are the guy down the street, either they don't know integration very well, they don't know automation system um, design, they don't know the, the different protocols that are used. Um, and also they, they want to walk in, install their, their network and walk out. And it's just not something that you can do today. If you're installing a network in a home that has an automation system, part of it, and a bunch of other devices um, that are connecting to the network, you need to be the resource for this project. And that creates um, the challenge of needing to be available. And so integrators can take on the network and install that network and, and own this home, if you will, uh, instead of subbing it out. And what we've done is we've brought the enterprise gear that we used to work with in corporate um, more than 15 years ago. We brought that into the home seeking stability. And so there is, there is a path, of course, it's a, it's a long certification path, even for our in, inside team to gain their Cisco CCNA, yeah. uh, CCDA, CCIP, those um, certifications take many years to, to attain. And so what we've done is we've created a group of people that has those certifications and understands our industry specifically. And really, I was the first one um, in my company. I was a one-man show for a while, working for an integrator down here uh, in El Segundo. And they're still a client of ours today. And I saw that opportunity to bring a stable network that's enterprise grade, that's visible, where we can see things all the way down to pinched wires and errors on ports and identify what's going on within this house before a tech even goes out. And the first project that I've done was had one uh, network device on it that belonged to the AV system, which was the control processor. And so integrators can either associate themselves with brands that you know everybody knows our industry um, dominated by Luxol, you have PackEdge, uh, you also have access networks. We don't make our own devices. We use what we believe is best out there, which you know right now is Cisco Systems and Ruckus Wireless. And at uh, at the show at the end of the year, you're going to see some new things from us with some new partners that we have. So the offering is going to shift. But again, all of this is catering to being able to deliver a stable project. And so you can take on a challenge yourself, or you can essentially associate yourself with a business that will support you in that endeavor. You, you mentioned the, the fact that, that uh, in your opinion, you, the, the integrators need to, um, you need to be the resource for the project uh, from, right. from a network level. Why is that? Why? Because yeah. everything that works in the house um, today, all those devices are connected to the network. And when there is a problem, usually for example, with us, we're, we'll be the first ones to get the call because you want to isolate the network out of the equation. You want to make sure that your infrastructure is good because the best network on earth is useless without proper wiring and termination, right? So you want to isolate that out of the equation. And then you want to know that your network equipment is working just fine. And then you can proceed to actually solving this problem. And so the call will always come first to the network. Is the network okay and so you have to be the resource because those devices even if it's stuff that you didn't sell that the integrator didn't sell 
homeowner bought it, wherever they did over the weekend, brought it in, installed it, it doesn't work. Well, guess what? Who's getting a phone call? The integrator. And then ultimately, we could get that phone call. We, let's, let's, let's come around to a conversation you and I had in Amsterdam. Um, and that's one of security, right? Um, a lot of these devices nowadays, and we're going to get to IoT and, and IOE in a second, but a lot of these devices are on the network and they're, they're outward facing, right? They, they want to be able to get to outside. Um, let's talk about some of the more common ones, stuff like Nest or, or Honeywell uh, uh, thermostats that you can remotely, if, if you're landing, you know, if, you, if you land, I'm in St. Louis, if I land at Lambert International Airport and I, I, I want to be able to bring up my, my Nest thermostat and tell it to, to go up to 70 degrees because maybe I've had it turned down for the week that I was gone. All these things are outward facing, right? You're, you're not getting there without some sort of cloud thing. How do you make sure that your your network is, is secure then uh, because you have so many devices that are trying to get out? So there are several ways you can mitigate this type of, of hack, if you will, or attack. You can lock down the network. You can avoid port forwarding and essentially have remote access to the site via VPN. But those those type of applications do get around it. And so what you could do, you, I don't think a homeowner could protect themselves from Nest being hacked. Yeah. If Nest corporate, their servers were hacked, a lot of homeowners would be in trouble. So you can isolate these devices to their own VLAN, right? So we can start talking about VLANs now. Part of the reason for VLANs aside to traffic priority is the ability to isolate things from one another. And so, for example, on our networks, we would take the the those type of devices and isolate them to their own VLAN. So if anything happens, they're in their corner of the network. If if they did get hacked, or let's say you brought you bought this garage door opener that can be controlled via an iPhone, no one knows if this this device could be hacked or not. And the, the manufacturer is not usually upfront um, telling you that they've went through specific testing or certification. They just say, here it is, it works, buy it. And so homeowners need to be mindful. And I think it's the integrator's job to educate the homeowner as to what they're installing, why they're installing it, who has access. And again, trying to work uh, with security in mind, trying to limit the amount of applications that you have that have access to those devices. And I think ideally, Everything you install in a home would be controlled from a single app. I know that this is a, an age-long debate where there are a lot of businesses out there that establish themselves on, on your iPhone, do different things. I am all for the single app uh, deployment where you have one application, you rely on that application, and that's what's running your house. Let's get into that for a second because it's... It, it... I, I'm going to say that I agree with you in, in, in principle, right? I, I'm a big fan of, of open standards. Um, I, uh, years ago, and, and, and I still do, you know, I, I can still mess around in Crestron, but that's kind of where I, I grew up was, was Crestron control uh, programming. Um, I, I like it. I enjoy it. Um, I know some friends that, that I have that are AMX folks, folks that are, are getting into the Xtron Python stuff, Control 4, Claire, all these other ones. Although, I, I, in, in saying that, I'm also going to say I also would love to see, 
you know, um, the ability to ubiquitously control cross-platform, right? That's sacrilege. That's heresy um, at this point in the AV industry. As we get into IoT and uh, in, in, in the whole Internet of Things, we're going to be able, we're going to be, we're going to need to be able to talk cross-platform. Um, why do you think that we're headed towards a, a, a one app system? So I, I think in our industry is, is not different than any other industry. So if you look at Apple and Samsung, they have their ecosystems. They, they build watch, watch for their phone and they release it out and they want to lock you in into that platform. And that's no different than the things that happen in our industry. But I think ultimately the user is going to be, to be the one that demands a certain product. So if you look at Amazon and voice recognition and those things, if Amazon tomorrow morning decides that they have an open, open platform that works with everyone, <clears throat> and all of a sudden you have this voice recognition type automation system that instantly becomes ubiquitous in the market. And that's the slowly and surely they're moving towards that path. Then the manufacturers who have closed ecosystems will fall behind. <clears throat> and I do think that ultimately we're going to have homes that talk where devices talk to each other and they're not made by the same manufacturer, but they all work together in order to accomplish um, easier and better living for the homeowner. And so if my doorbell can communicate with other sensors in the house, or if I just have sensors around the house that sense uh, presence of people, then I can communicate that to, to the automation system. I can turn the lights on. It doesn't have to be a single ecosystem. And you see more and more of those devices come out. So the first manufacturer to say, hey, we work with everybody. Here's a protocol everyone can can live with and adopt, I think they're going to win. So, and in, in the other side of that is, is and I'm going to ask you, a, and a not difficult question, but an interesting one. There are some that would say, you know what, you can do that now, right? Um, I've worked on, on systems before where, um, don't tell anybody this, but we've had an AMX processor and a Crestron processor, and, and through serial commands and this, that, and the other, we could get them to talk back and forth, right? We got it to work, right? We, 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 because we were integrators and because we had uh, really talented programmers on, on both sides, I was not one of the programmers, just for the record, um, we, could, we could get it to work. In, in your mind and, and the way you see it, are you thinking of something that's a little bit more simpler, where it's almost like out of the box they talk to each other, kind of like a, a Z-Wave or, or, or type system? So... It, this is somewhat of a segue, but mm -hmm. I think it's important. Look at Tesla. What did Tesla do? This Tesla released all their patents. Why did they do that? You know why? Because Elon Musk wants to build a better world. He doesn't just want for Tesla to be successful. He wants for the competitors to be successful. So everybody ends up driving an electric vehicle. And that's, and I'm not saying, okay, Crestron, turn around and release all your patents and then create this universal language. I'm not saying that. But I think there needs to be, or even Apple for that example, for that, you know, it's the same example. They don't need to release all their patents and stop fighting. All I'm saying is that 
The goal is what's good for the homeowner instead of what's good for the company. And it's it's hard to um, to wrap your mind around that because then how do you make money if you're not looking at what's good for the company? I think if you do what's good for the homeowner, you will end up making money. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's the focus we need to have. And those IoT and we the concept of internet of everything where you take the devices and mix them with people and process and data, that concept is going to win. And so that the winning strategy there is to do what's best for the end user, not the platform. Let's talk about the, the whole IOE thing. And if you're not familiar, it's, it's internet of everything. Um, as you and I were getting ready to, to start this conversation and, and start recording, you, you brought up IOE. Give me your definition, I guess, is the best way to ask this. The difference between IoT and IOE or, or how one has evolved into the other. Sure. So Cisco was the one to define it, um, even for me, saying we have IoT, which is Internet of Things, essentially it's saying the concept that anything, any physical, tangible thing can be connected to the Internet. This could be down to this water bottle with a sensor expiring and telling you, throw me away or recycle me. Yeah. For example, you, you can take this wherever you want. Your imagination, my imagination, we can go wherever we want with this. And then there is the concept of IOE, which takes IoT into it and takes all these things and then makes them talk to each other, involving people, data, process, and things. Right? Very big concept that says that all these things are going to work together to create a better life for the user. And that's, I, I really believe that that's how it should be. Because an ecosystem could be a good thing, but it also limits you. It limits what you can do. Well, and you're talking yeah. about the ecosystem on a, on a manufacturer level, right? Not not the IoT, IOE ecosystem, but, but a manufacturer right. level ecosystem. Yes, correct. Do you think that this is going to be driven from, from the consumer side, from the residential side, or do you see it more being driven from maybe the commercial side pushing back into the home? Um, I think it's both, but really the consumer side is what's pushing it. And look at, you know, all of a sudden you have, we had this conversation, the story about Sonos firing some employees and the competition from Amazon. And now they're stopping and thinking, and here's an integrator that tells Sonos, this is what you need to do in order to stay irrelevant. Why is that? Because that integrator sees the homeowners every day. Yeah. Sonos is not necessarily involved with the homeowners every day. And Sonos also doesn't see it from an, an integration standpoint, which this specific dealer does. So if Sonos is using a spanning tree protocol from 1998 on their devices, and I don't want to cause any ruckus here, uh, no pun intended, but <laughs> that's, that's a problem. That's a problem for Sonos, and it's a problem for the integrator, and it's a problem for the homeowner when those things stop working because Sonos decided to just, for whatever reason, not update that protocol. And maybe maybe it has been up to date. I asked with my engineering department, to their knowledge, uh, standing tree with Sonos has not been up to date, which is why if you have a network, hardwired network connection and a wireless network connection, that device is going to create disruption on the network. And so that's one of the word name in that article, fix it. That's what you need to stay to do to stay relevant. 
So users are driving that. Users say, oh, Alexa, okay, done. Yeah. I want to order that from Amazon and I'm not going to buy something else. Up to you overnight. And consumers are the ones that are driving that disruption. Well, and, and even uh, more to the point with Amazon, uh, they just started uh, demoing their, their two-hour delivery. So not, not even overnight. You could, you know, they could decide in the morning that they want an Alexa and, and have it by the afternoon. So it's even more to the point. Um, right. Real quickly, as before, we, before I let you get out of here, if you, are, if you were designing a system, right, let's say I... I contacted one of your integrators and you helped them design a system for my house, right? Whether it's a, a rehab or it's a, it's a brand new install. Where, where do you start? Like where, where do you, as a perfect situation, perfect scenario for you, where does a guy start to, to design and uh, a network for a home and, and where do you go? So what we do is we try to understand the, this home that we're talking about. So what are the building materials that are used for construction in your home? We go through a process of sure that whatever we design actually is going to end up working for you when the integrator takes it out of the box. And then, and so it will be building materials. It will be structured wiring. Do you have it? Do you not have it? If you don't have it, what do we do? Uh, different structures on the property. Do we have fiber running between switch up links? Do, do we have rooms that need quiet switches versus bigger switches that have fans? Um, BTU. Um, you know, how much heat does our equipment give out? Do you have enough cooling for that? Do you have a UPS? So we ask all these questions so we don't have surprises later. Because once we go into engineering of the system, we build the system, we would like it to match and exceed that requirement so that the homeowner doesn't need to get a new network two, three years from now. So on average, our network will live in a house between six and 10 years. Well. And usually what we upgraded is the wireless side of the project. So there's a very large home that we've done uh, in 2009 with an integrator for probably one of the most famous producers ever. And um, now it's getting, the wireless is getting upgraded to AC because back in 09, it was 8 to 11 n So he wants AC, he has gigabit switching. And um, now you, you have a, a straight swap for a wireless network. Wow. So that's step one. Step one is verifying that you're, you know, you have floor plans, you're looking at these plans, you identify what the homeowner wants. Do they want outdoor access points to cover the vineyard? Or are they going to skip it for budgetary reasons or just they, they just don't want to be connected there? But I think ultimately the goal is how do I deem our success as, as a community, not just access networks, but the integrator um, and, and CDA. What is that success? The success is a homeowner living a life with a very complicated system uh, at home with a lot of different brands involved and they have peace of mind and they don't need to deal with it other than use it for the purpose that they intended. They don't troubleshoot, they don't call you on Sunday, their network doesn't need to be rebooted uh, or you know they don't need to mess around with cables, none of that. If we were able to accomplish this, then we've accomplished our goal, which kind of circles back to what are the, all these devices created for? Honestly, bottom line is for you to be able to play with your children um, on a Sunday without having a service call to anyone. That's, for me, is what it's all about. That's that's perfect. And that that's actually a great, a great way to end it. 
Uh, Haggai, thank you so much, sir. How can people find you and uh, and or Access Networks? Yeah, shoot me an email, Haggai, H-A-G-A-I, at accessca.com. And uh, happy to talk to you. Absolutely. You can also find him on the at the, at the Cedia board, uh, and you'll find him at Cedia this this September. So, uh, Cedia.org. My name is Tim Albright. Uh, don't follow me. Go by the website avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. Uh, brand new state of control coming out this week, uh, as well as our weekly uh, commercial slash pro uh, podcast called AV Week of the Heavens on Fridays. So, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been Resi Week. Thank you.